Have you been wanting to invest, but just don't know where to start? Or maybe you have a fear of missing out, but you're scared to take the leap. Or you're a student, just like me, and feel that your status or maybe your limited income are what's keeping you from getting into the game. Well, the Streams on Streams podcast is meant to break down all of those myths and barriers. This podcast is meant to educate and empower everyone from students to professionals to create a life of financial freedom. So join us as we take you through our journey into investing in business, as well as interviewing high-performing investors and entrepreneurs. Now, let's get into the episode. All right. Thank y'all for joining us on another episode of the Streams on Streams podcast. My name is Shikari, and I am here with... What's going on, guys? It's Casey, ready to talk about some money, all types of money, and let's get into it. Right. So a lot happened this week. So we're going to unpack all of that. So let's start with Robinhood. Um, So Robinhood, as we know, is a online trading platform. You can trade from your phone, your computer, iPad, whatever you want to use. And recently got charged by the SEC, which is basically your financial watchdog. The SEC is basically regulating the big institutional investors, the brokerages, that kind of thing, to make sure that they're following all the guidelines and providing us, the retail investors, with the correct information. So won't get too deep into the details because it's kind of boring, but Robinhood got charged with basically not following the rules because in order for you to uh, provide commission-free trading to your uh, retail investors, there's some things that have to happen and some transparency that needs to be held. They didn't do that. And so now they got charged, but Robinhood's probably not going to go nowhere. Like they can just pay the fine, which is a fat fine, by the way, like it's a couple. couple is it 65 million? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Wow. Okay. So that's the price to pay for not following the rules. Um, do you have anything to say before we segue into the brokerage you should be using or? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that um, I don't know too many details about it. I just know, like Jakari was saying, they they um, didn't follow the Security Exchange Commission, which is the SEC, uh, their guidelines in some format. Because um, basically it's one of the easiest platforms to use and they paved the way basically for all the other um, brokerages and other apps that we'll mention before. Uh, to come through because they just, they were a disruptor. They were an innovator Um, because before Robinhood, you had to pay for every single trade that you did, or I'm not sure if you had to pay for every single stock, but definitely the options changed um, in particular. So let's just say you wanted to buy um, a call option. And if you're getting confused, listen to one of our latest episodes. So if you're saying, I think Apple's going to go to $150, I want to put some money on that trade. Other brokerages in the past would charge you $2, $3, whatever it is, whatever percentage that is for you to put that trade on. Maybe sometimes per contract, I'm not sure about that, or whatever it is. And if you add that up, it's, it's a lot. So Robinhood came in and said, man, we're cutting all that out. So then they got the exposure and everybody wanted to go to Robinhood. So since all these people were coming in and they were getting all these new users, then bring on COVID-19 where people need some extra income and had some time on their hand, a whole influx of users came in and that became um, a little bit of a problem because they weren't too transparent with how they were charging all these individuals and how their user interface was and how they were maybe manipulating some people to trade in this way and not that way or so on and so forth, which is not recommended to do. But that basically shifted some other 
um, bigger names like TD Ameritrade, Schwab, Fidelity, E-Trade, things like that, um, to basically have no cost to trade as well. So um, then, yeah, that brings us into the other app that I've been using, uh, Doe, D-O-U-G-H, which is, to keep it as simple as possible, kind of the same thing. Um, now, where the difference is, is, in my opinion, the education and the content that they put out. They're very, um, I guess cautious is the word, but they're very, um, I don't even want to say bearish, but they're more so like making sure you have all the information possible, making sure you know all the boring stuff just as much as all the hype news so that you can make the best decision possible for you. And they just put the information out there and let you choose uh, the best way possible. So um, other than that, everything else is pretty much the same on how you use the app, but um, I like it. Yeah, same here. I like their YouTube channel slash podcast because they have audio and video. Like Casey said, they're not just putting out the stuff that people want to hear, but putting out the stuff that you need to hear in order to like make good decisions in the stock market. And also their app is really like, um, it's user friendly. Like they, they have the price targets for a certain stock. If it goes up, this is a target that we're thinking. If it goes down, this is a target price that we're thinking. They break down just the company, the sector, all that good stuff. So you're not just getting um, just like surface level information with them. They're really deep diving into it. So if you're interested in this commission-free trading, which is pretty much, it's going to be universal at some point. If people are still charging for it, it's not going to be around for much longer since people can go to other platforms to get commission-free trading anyways. So if you're interested in it um, and you want to, educate yourself along the way then doe is a great platform to do that robin hood we're not knocking robin hood we're just saying look there's different you know avenues robin hood is a pioneer they did um start the wave however it's about who does it correctly and not who does it first and so i think doe's doing a great job um so yeah victor jones is a ceo so he did an interview on tasty trade that casey sent me to and from there i kind of just went on a deep dive so Definitely tap into his like interviews, um, his podcast, what he has with his other, um, I forgot his name. It was on the tip of my tongue, but he, right. right. He works at Doe too. And they have a podcast slash YouTube channel going and it's super informational. So make sure you tap into that. And the next topic we're going to get into is Bitcoin. I mean, Ooh. drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> So Bitcoin hit a new high, 20,000. That's insane. So And today, today it just hit 24,000. Ooh, even better. So it, it's, it's hanging out under, you know, maybe about 23 and some change. But today, $24,000. Crazy. So if you got a little bit of, of cash in Bitcoin, you're pretty happy right now. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> I checked one of my, my Coinbase and I was like, all right, not too bad. there we go so um like we talked about on previous episodes we won't get too into the nitty-gritty you can always just go back and watch actually the episode from last week i think we did kind of a, a deep breakdown as well as well as some other ones that we did before but bitcoin cryptocurrency it is getting more and more popular we're seeing larger investors starting to slowly make their way into cryptocurrency specifically with bitcoin but also with other ones so i mean do your research like you don't have to have a whole bitcoin because that's obviously it's at twenty four thousand. but 
you know, fractional shares wherever you can get them and um, test the waters, always do your research. But I am excited. Um, I'm starting to think that we're going to start seeing more like Bitcoin ATMs and people using Bitcoin, like you could swipe Bitcoin, you know, in a grocery store or something like that. I'm honestly starting to think that in maybe like five, 10, probably 15 years, we're going to start seeing more of that. Mm -hmm. Did you see, I don't know if you saw this, but Meg the Stallion is doing a million dollar Bitcoin giveaway. What? She tweeted it on Twitter. I don't know if it was today or the other days. Uh, if you go follow her, then Jack Dorsey, who's the CEO of Twi uh, Twitter, he co-signed it. He was like, yeah, this is legit because he owns Cash App, which is Square wow. as well, which we talked about. So she's doing a million dollar Bitcoin giveaway. I'm not sure like how much it is per person, maybe like 10 bucks per person or something like that. Um, I don't know all the details, but yes. So if celebrities start mm -hmm. backing this, that 24000 is going to look like, dang, I should have bought more at twenty four, Or hey. dang, I should have <laughs> bought more. Because if Meg Thee Stallion is doing it, then Kim Kardashian comes out with it. And LeBron James, like, then the retail investors get into it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's game over. It's game over. So, of course, not financial advice. Do your research. But I've been nonstop listening to, uh, in addition to my other finance stuff, Bitcoin news and Bitcoin education and cryptocurrency education for, like, I don't know, a month straight. Mm -hmm. Probably more than that. So I'm still trying to learn as much as I can. It's, it's a crazy world, but um, it's interesting. I like it. And like we said on a previous episode, there's not going to be like over time more available. Over time, it's going to be less and less. So mm -hmm. get in while you can fit in. Somehow, some way. Somehow, some way. But, you know, always do your research. It is a super interesting one. And Bitcoin is not the only one like we were talking about. Litecoin, Ethereum, what is it? XRP, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, and a whole bunch of other ones that you can look into that might not be so volatile as Bitcoin if you still want to test the waters before you get into that specific cryptocurrency. But it's it's the future, I guess you could say. I mean, even the master investor like um, Ian Dunlap, he used to hate Bitcoin, but I think he's slowly he's slowly getting. I watched one of the Market Mondays where someone came on to talk about it, and he was mm -hmm. and he was game. How do you like to explain cryptocurrencies to other people? It's always like a really <laughs> tough conversation. Like I actually had to explain it to my mom because she downloaded Coinbase. Um, so cryptocurrency, it's like, it is a currency. So US dollars, all these, all these other ones you have, you know, um, why is it slipping off my tongue? Um, the pound, all those different currencies. However, crypto because it's um it's not backed by a financial institution like a bank so people are actually like on the back end mining these i guess you could call them shares in a in a layman's terms kind of way they're mining them um unlike the way that you would do with the dollar where you're just kind of printing it right and right now a whole excess is being printed but like we said earlier with cryptocurrency, there's less and less being made. So that's sort of the difference that I try to make with people on top of that cryptocurrency is not backed. It's decentralized. It's not backed by a bank. So you're not getting that safety. I guess you could say that you would have with dollar, um, even though inflation and all that good stuff happens here. It's not as volatile as, um, cryptocurrency with the dollar and stuff like that so that's the main difference that i try to put with 
just a regular currency and crypto. So yeah, I think those are the main differences that I do. I like it. I like it. I'm still trying to work on simplifying my explanation uh, yeah. as much as possible, but it is is very difficult because it it's it's so out there. I, I listened to a few interviews where um, people like do these different clips of like, you know, Good Morning America back in the day when uh, the internet was coming out and people were talking about the internet like they're now talking about blockchain and, and Bitcoin. They were like, the internet, what is that? I don't get it. And people were trying to explain it. And today we're just like, yeah, the internet is it's just like that. Mm -hmm. But back then they were like, oh, it's this system of computers and somebody can log in there and talk to somebody there. And people were like, what? So that's how I feel the same about Bitcoin. Maybe in a few years or more than that, people will be like, oh yeah, blockchain this, Bitcoin that, you do that, you do that. Um, but I'm still working on my explanation. I'll, I'll try to refine it soon. Yeah, it's like a way of life, but there's a science to it. And it's just because it's so new, it's a little bit obsolete kind of mm -hmm. people who if you're not like in the world, then it's just like, okay, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I explained it to my mom and she was just like, all right, I'm just gonna have to come back to this. So <laughs> we'll yeah, it took a while. I'll do my best to keep explaining it to her. But um, yeah, like, it's definitely gonna be how you said in a few years, it's going to be a language, a whole language of just people fluent in cryptocurrency, blockchain, all of that. Definitely. Definitely. And what segueing into the next topic, mm -hmm. what I found with listening to all this is that a lot of Tesla holders and early Tesla holders mm -hmm. have been early adopters of Bitcoin or, or are into Bitcoin as well. Not all of them, but a lot mm -hmm. of them. So what happened with Tesla? Let's talk about that. Right. So Tesla finally got added to the S&P 500. That's a huge deal because some of the, some of your favorite companies are in the S&P 500, specifically Amazon. Amazon is one of the biggest across a bunch of different indexes. Amazon is one of the top holdings, but also, you know, the Dow was more of like industrial. So then it's Amazon, but then you have your Walmarts, your Dollar Generals, things like that. However, S&P 500, Tesla just got added, and that is huge. I think one of the next biggest holdings in S&P 500 is Apple, um, and they just recently did the split So um, because it's based on weight. So I'll try to explain this as best as I can. So Apple went up to 500. Previously, it had went up to about 900 a share, I believe, previous to that split. Um, and so why that happens is because the S&P 500 is – created with certain limitations and certain rules, right? So in order to continue to be in the S&P 500, obviously you have to reach certain criteria, which Tesla has done over the past decade-ish. So that's why they got added, but however, to stay in there, it's weighted by price. So that's why Apple did the split. They were getting so high in price that they're like, all right, let's split so we can bring it down to, to keep the weight balance and also to stay in the S&P 500. Also, because um, in 401ks, um, certain indexes are bought by certain companies. So your company for a 401k might be investing your money in the S&P 500. So they don't want these prices to get too out of control in order for you to continue funding people's 401ks. And so now that Tesla is around, when it closed in the market, it was around like 610 a share, I want to say. Kind of took off a little bit. Um, we're probably going to start seeing more tests on people's 401k portfolios. So with that being said, we can 
probably expect Tesla to be at a reasonable price for pretty decent amount of time if you're still interested in Tesla. But that's huge because Tesla's kind of becoming a household name, if you will. Apple's a household name. Amazon's definitely <laughs> a household name. And so I, I think this is kind of solidifying Tesla in the tech, energy, health realm that they're not just like a fluke, but they're actually like a real company that's doing real things. Did you um, happen to watch the trading activity at the end of the day on Friday? I saw a little bit of it. Um, and then when I stopped watching it, I went on Instagram and saw Mark Monroe was like, I told you guys. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like okay, okay. It was. Yeah, so, yeah um, I was watching it and it was, it was trading around like 660-ish throughout the day. Then at one point, maybe, I don't know, half an hour, an hour before closing, it dropped to like 630, maybe 628. Mm -hmm. And everybody was freaking out. Then this huge buyer came in and everything spiked up. And it went, mm -hmm. um, I want to say like up to 695. I saw it close on Summit on some apps. Other apps like mine said 658. I logged into another one. It said like 675. So Ooh. I'm surprised it didn't totally crash the system. Right. But it was interesting. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. And that was the thing, I think, that, like, Marco talks about, like, algorithmic trading of, like, these huge institutional investors were expecting that to happen, like, for them to get an SP 500. And once it happened, they're like, boom, mm -hmm. hit that button. <laughs> Whatever button it is, I want that button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you go there, it's a, it's a huge, like, it's the biggest candlestick I've ever seen. Wow. If you look at the candlestick charts. And when I look at the rest of my um, portfolio in Doe, my whole portfolio did the same spike. Then I looked through everything on my watch list. Everything was the exact same. Mm. Everything took that dip and everything shot up. I was like, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. But I'm impressed that well, everything held up. your ARK look? Because I know Tesla is one of the biggest holdings in one of the, it, it went up. Look the same. Yeah. Everything. Everything from Apple to all the ARKs. Um, the only ones that were not the same was Arc F, which is the finance one. They don't have Tesla, uh, and my cloud ETF. And I'm, I've been watching like Airbnb and stuff like that. So outside of those outliers, everything else, all the big ones: S and P, Dow Jones, Nasdaq, um, um, Amazon, all the major ones did the same exact thing. It was super interesting. Woo. Yep, I saw a little bit. I I had saw it and I saw a little spike and I was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was good. That was good. What else we got? Anything else? Uh, we can touch on a little bit of the rally that this week had, aside from the S&P um, 500 with Tesla. Just in general, the market was in the green a little bit. Mm -hmm. Apple finally mm -hmm. broke that little level of just... Thank you. Oh, oh. Like, don't want to go, don't want to go. And then finally this week, it finally broke. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> man you have trades in apple yes i do i have um shares and then i have some options man my option has well one of my options in xok which for those who don't know is an etf that apple has the biggest position in just one of them and that has been underwater since like september mm. so it's slow one of them is slowly getting up and i'm only down i don't know what percent but whatever i'm only down a little bit more than i bought another one and that is up uh, now since I bought it early last week 
And I'm just like, finally, Apple's making a move. It hasn't been doing anything. My account's been down for months. So I'm seeing the green light. Everything that Mark and Jolyn talk about with these percent returns and all that, I'm like, finally, right. something. So I'm happy. I'm just bracing myself for the next dip. I'm like, this is too good to be true. It can't, it can't happen. So I'm bracing myself. That, that level of resistance is going to gonna toggle a little bit but then i think we'll be right back but it's like you say the patient's time in the market instead of time in it i'm starting to believe it i'm starting to see this light at the end of the tunnel it's rough it's rough and and the thing why i was i was waiting for a couple weeks to get into a lot but the other week i was just like let me get in because Mm -hmm. the other time i said just let me get in it it crashed it dropped and that was in september and i was like uh if i had waited two days Literally two days would be fine. I could have bought a contract instead of for, you know, what was it? Um, $15. I could have bought it for like $8.90. I was like, oh, this is crazy. So it's a game that I'm learning every day about, but it's fun. It is. And you make money on the back end. So you're all right. Streams, right? Streams, guys. So I think that's it for the episode, unless you have anything else to add. I don't think so. We covered a lot. All right. Well, Christmas is coming up, so we're wishing you a happy holidays. Um, Stay safe and enjoy friends, family, all that good stuff. And thank you for tuning in with us. We appreciate you guys listening. It's been a great year thus far. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next episode. That's it, everyone. We want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Streams on Streams podcast. For more information and updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Streams on Streams Podcast. And once again, thank you for tuning in. This podcast is sponsored by the Streams Academy, the ultimate financial academy for high school and college students that breaks down the basics of creating additional income streams, investing, and more. To find out more, just click the link in the episode description. And thank you again for tuning in.